forget your Spanish. See, it is one of those things. That's uh, the extent of my Spanish. Welcome. Welcome to my house, which you're routinely at. Yes, sir. Uh, But welcome to the show. Thank you. For the first time, this is your podcast debut, is it not? Yeah, I did one for uh, another, but it was uh, uh, recorded. Um, Nine Foot Killers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been on there, Neil. Yes, that is a. If you are into the JTAC scene or you're oh, yeah. into TACP or combat control or anything like that, go see those guys, Nine Foot yeah. Killers. I I really like my episode on there. Uh, I need to need to put some things out about that. I for, I for things get so busy and shit like that. It's like you just. Yeah, I remember him telling me, and it's like, oh, dude, I want to make an ad for this, and then I didn't. But I got to listen to yours now because oh, I think wait, yours. You were were you a controversial one? Uh, not that I know of, man. Oh, I, I thought, well, I at thought least you I were helping with, he had somebody that well, was pretending to be. Yeah, he was pretending com- to be a JTAG. A combat and, controller. Yeah. And, and you were the one that listened to the episode and was like, hey, none of this is yes. lining up. I mean, you know, for dudes that aren't in that situation or they don't know, like, man, he sounded a little bit convincing. Yeah. But like listening to his story, it was just like, what the f- Fuck. That's a new level of so, ballsy, though, for 2020. Oh, is a guy goes on a JTAC or or you know JTAC centric yeah. show, yeah. and poses as a JTAC. <laughs> like that is next level stolen valor, dude. And it happened because he has the same last name as one of our controllers. And it was just kind of like, hey, do you know this? When guy? you start running the, hey, hey, because you'll just use the last name. Yeah, and we all, <laughs> you know, you know, you know how it is. We always vouch for our guys. And the, uh, he asked somebody in the community, and they said, oh yeah, that dude's a stud, and yeah. you know, the the real guy's a stud. So then that's how they ran with it. And after somebody vouched for him, they're like, all right, let's let's just go with it. So, <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen. That are tuning into the show for this one. This is a special episode. This is a good friend of mine, Ish Vegas. It's Vegas. Vegas is French. <laughs> Not no. speak. You started speaking Spanish, but you have a French name. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm straight up Mexican. <laughs> no, uh, Ish and I go back a long time. We uh, stationed in the same place, about 12 feet from each other, and for. Bragg, North yeah. Carolina, or Pope Air Force Base back then. It no was, hope, hope. When it was still an Air Force Base. I was in the dorms. I was in the barracks there. Yeah. yeah. I was in bad. there for a little while because I got in trouble. I, I got in trouble and they kicked me out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I should have done that. I don't know why I, think, I didn't think of it. But, but Mr. Ish here uh, is a one Charlie, former one Charlie too, because those don't exist anymore, right? No. It's no. a one Zulu two now? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I would have been a one Zulu three now. Is that true? That is correct. Okay. So, uh, prior combat controller, you're retired now. Congratulations. Thank you. That yeah. happened recently. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is why we get to do this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm free. You free. finally get to say everything that you've been saying and getting in trouble for. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yet, so tell us about your military history. You know, where, where'd you grow up? Where'd you graduate high school? And 
what what brought you to the Air Force? Well, you know, man, I, I was actually born in Mexico City, so I got the stamp. <laughs> echo, echo in Mexico. Right? So, but anyway, I was, I was born in Mexico City, and uh, my parents immigrated. Uh, I mean, and I, I lived a couple of years with my grandparents as they, you know, came and they got established. I don't know whether it was legal or illegal. I don't give a crap. But uh, anyway, they came out here, and then uh, when I was about five years old, is when they, you know, they sent for us, and we ended up immigrating to the U.S. And then. Uh, I kept going back and forth all the time. So I lived in San Angelo, Texas for a little while. It's uh, it's the armpit of Texas, at least one of the towns. Yeah, everybody that lives in a place outside of like the four cities, they always oh, yeah. say that. Oh, yeah. No, they, they legitimately are, you know. Um, it's a booming town now because they discovered oil, you know. But other than that, it's just... It's miserable. It's like Fort Stockton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I looked on Zillow driving through Fort Stockton, like to see what the most expensive house was there. Yeah. Not very. <laughs> no, I mean, the best thing you could find was a trailer with AC. Yeah, which is, that's living. <laughs> that's living there. Um, but no, I, yeah. So my stepfather uh, at the time, he got a job with the Border Patrol. So we ended up, I think it was uh, my fourth grade year. So I completed third grade. And this is like inception, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like you guys came up here and then your stepfather got a job with the Border Patrol to keep all eyes off. Oh, yeah. Look at this. This is how to smartly do things. And that's actually, you know, probably a, you know, contributing factor as to how I got my citizenship. I don't know. But. But yeah, so we moved to Del Rio and uh, I did all my growing up in Del Rio and then going back and forth to Mexico. There's a little town about three hours south up in the mountains in the state of Guerrero, uh, mm-hmm. right outside of Acapulco. But anyway, I grew up there. You know, I spent my summers in Mexico and, you know, as a kid, man, I would see the soldiers coming down off the mountains. And, you know, I mean, it, not SF or anything like that. It's just the soldiers with guns and all that. But, you know, it, it captured my attention and my curiosity. And I was like, wow, you know, and a kid, you don't know, you don't know Jack, you know? So I was kind of looking at him and I was like, damn, that's awesome. I want to carry a gun. I had no idea what the hell, you know, like I had a, a small concept of what the hell a gun was. Right. And, uh, anyway, um, so that kind of sparked my curiosity into the military and so when I came over to the States, you know, I used to watch uh, Charlie Sheen, Navy SEALs, you know. And, oh, God, yes. Yeah, that was a classic. <laughs> so, like, what made me want to be a SEAL is the scene where Charlie Sheen jumps off a bridge. And I was like, that's a crazy. Out of, out of the Jeep. Yeah, that's that's a crazy motherfucker. That's what I want to be, you know. But but anyway, I was like, when I graduated high school, I was like 128 pounds soaking wet. 127 maybe, you know. Had you ever swam? No. Besides floating, you graduated high school, yeah, having never really been in the water at all. We used to have a creek, uh, San Felipe Creek. <laughs> so the way I taught myself, not necessarily swim, but I taught myself how to float or stay afloat with the current. So I would, we had this wall and like we'd jump off the wall into the deep end and the current would take you out to the shallow end. And that's how I learned to stay afloat. So I never really learned to swim, swim, you know, um, but I actually attempted to swim because, you know, how everybody is, they, they're like, yeah, you're doing these jobs and you got to be able to swim and all that stuff. So, I mean, I went out to the lake one time, Lake Amistad and like 
I don't know why, me and my buddy, we had the bright idea of swimming in our pants and our shirts on just to make it harder, right? Because we're training for <laughs> SEAL. We're SEAL training, right? Oh, so you first go talk to a Navy recruiter. Well, no, this is before I talked to anybody. Oh, all right. So I was just, you, you watched the movie VHS in on a sick day from school. Oh, yeah. And now it's like, it's all, hey, we're going to be, we're going to train to be SEALs. Yep. We're going to be SEALs. <laughs> and first step is go out into the middle of the lake and swim with your clothes on, swim to shore. <laughs> Oh, man. So didn't do a whole lot of swimming. It was mainly floating. So and uh, at some point, uh, like we told the boat, it's like, hey, man, if we're not on shore by whatever certain amount of time, come get us. Right. So as we're floating, my buddy Eric, like he kept me he kept me afloat when I started cramping. Like I could not swim and I was going under, you know, and he's like, hey, man, take your pants off. So here I am. He's trying to hold me up. Like he's got me by the hair holding me up, you know, and I'm sitting there taking my pants off. He grabs my pants, throws them up over his shoulder and pretty much held on to me the entire time until the boat came out. And I mean, I was just scared shitless, you know, I thought I was going to drown, but <laughs> anyway, I was like, yeah, I need a little bit of practice. So, <laughs> oh man. But then but, where, then the, so then where does this, where does this spark? Where do you transition from SEAL to Air Force? Well, you know, it, it was funny because I went in, I went and talked to the, uh, the SEAL recruiter. Um, it was a little shopping center downtown where it was, you know, the Navy, the, the Army and the Air Force and the Marine Corps. And I mean, Marine Corps never really appealed to me. I had a few buddies that had already gone in and they're like, dude, I joined the Marine Corps. You know, I was like, all right, that's good. Enough I never for me. had that spark either. Like looking yeah. at, because we had the same thing. Yeah. All four were in a line. I never once looked at the Marines and thought, oh, I want to do that. It was the yeah. same thing, SEAL or Air Force. Yeah. Just because my dad had spoke so highly of the Air Force, being a Navy guy, yeah. it was I just had it programmed in my head that, yeah. oh, this is this is the cool one. They've got cool jobs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And obviously, Charlie, they have Charlie Sheen. Which, you know, how much, the Navy. Yeah. yeah. That's freaking awesome. But, Top Gun, you can either be a fighter pilot or a SEAL. That's, yeah. You have two options when you walk in the Navy recruiter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fly. Sorry, you ain't smart enough. All right. So, okay. <laughs> so you go down there and... So, you know, I'm talking, to, I'm talking to the SEAL recruiter, right? And I'm like, hey, man, I want to be a SEAL. And he's probably laughing because I'm literally 127 pounds, you know, my shoulder bones. I are be a SEAL. <laughs> so, yeah, we got another one, you know. But, and at the time, they were not providing contracts for guys coming in straight into the SEAL program, you know. So they explained to me, like, you have to do it at A school. Yeah. And yeah. then go into the pre-BUDS program and get selected. Yeah, yeah. I remember that because yeah. we came in around the same few years. Yeah. Uh, when did you come in? 2002 is when I signed my contract. Yeah, I came in and, or I was looking uh, early 97. It was like January, February. Same thing though. It was like no. you, had to, you had to pick a rate, yeah. go to A school, and then hope that you got laterally shifted. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, my mindset at the time was like, man, I really do not want to, you know, and everybody thinks you're going to get stuck on a ship, you know? So I was like, I don't want to get stuck on a ship. So I was like, Hey, thank you, but no, thank you. And so I w walked over to the army recruiters cause green berets, you know, I was like, maybe I can be a green beret, you know, they do pretty cool shit. So I went in there and it was basically the same thing. It was like, Hey man, you, you have to do two you have years. To be an E5. Yep. 
E5, two years, minimum two years in the Army before you can apply for the Q course, you know, and I was like, damn. So I'd pretty much given up, right? And uh, so I walked out of the recruiter's office and I had uh, uh, the Air Force recruiter was standing at the door, uh, Hugo Martinez. Like I, I, like, I don't know why, I'll never forget his name, you know? Um, he's like, hey, bro. And ironically enough, uh, when I was doing the, uh, the special operations recruiting liaison, I actually got a chance to work with him again. No you know? kidding. Yeah, it was badass. I've never met mine again. Her really? name was Lipke. Lipke, yeah. yeah. But uh, my buddy Nick was was it's the guy I took over for. He was uh, working with him, and he sends me an email, and he's like, hey, do you know a guy named Hugo? And I was like, holy shit. I'm like, yeah, Hugo Martinez? And anyway, long story short, we ended up working together, but... Anyway, as, as I'm walking out, I'm like bummed out and I'm, you know, I'm like, man, I'm never, I'm not going in the service. Like this is bull crap. And I was, you know, kind of a little, little upset and a little sad. And, uh, he's like, Hey man, what are you looking at doing? And I'm like, uh, you know what, man? I'm like, the air force does not have what I'm looking for. Cause you know, you think of the air force and it's all zoomies. Yeah. Yeah. Planes, that's maintenance, it. Pilots, computers, computers, maybe computers. Then, yeah, like, I think we were starting out with computers. Yeah. Then, <laughs> typewriters, space, yeah, <laughs> glasses, yeah. <laughs> but you know, he's like, "Well, hey, man, come on in." He's like, "Let me, I have, I, I have this job where they get to work with the seals and they get to work with green berets and and they get to shoot guns and they have a lot of the same toys." And I, it, it was an old school pamphlet, pretty famous. Uh, pamphlet where the combat control school tower or the old uh, combat control school building up on the hill where uh, I forget the name of the chief that's standing underneath. He was master sergeant at the time. And he's got motorcycles, quads, guns, and everything all around They him. played me a VHS tape. Oh, really? Yeah. She was like, have you ever heard of combat control and put in a VHS tape? And <laughs> I watched this. It was a horrible ad for it because I didn't... When you're new like that, those two words don't make sense together. Yeah. Like, wait, what? Com combat control? Yep. What what is this? And you know, no recruiter knows anything about it. Exactly. So she's like, you know, it's like an air traffic controller, but in other places. Yep. And I'm like, still like not putting any of this together at all. Yeah. See, and I didn't even get the the air traffic control piece. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, I think he mentioned at some point that uh, he sent one of uh, my classmates up to uh, air traffic control, but it really didn't dawn on me that, you know, he was putting, you know, air traffic control in the same category. So I'm like, you know, the the fact that it's like, hey, these guys work with Green Berets and Navy SEALs, you know, they get to shoot similar guns and all that stuff. I was like, all right, sign me up, you know. Well, no, the, the first question I asked is like, do you have to go into the regular Air Force? And they're like, no, you can get a contract for it. Do it. Sign me up. I'm in. Yeah. Sold. So anyway, going through, you know, so I started training a little bit. Never really ran. I skateboarded a lot, you know, cheap skateboards. I couldn't really afford anything. I biked everywhere. I had a, you know, piece of shit mountain bike, you know, and <laughs> uh, a BMX bike too. And uh, and I walked. No, you everywhere. just had to live hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like, if I had to go someplace more than two miles, I had to ride a bike. Yep. <laughs> Ain't nobody was giving me a ride. <laughs> no, you know, and um, the only running I ever did was, you know, when I was either running from the cops or being chased, being chased by somebody else. 
<laughs> so that was my cardio, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, so, so it, it wasn't pretty, oh, God damn it. I totally lost my train of thought. Where were we at? You started um, training. Oh yeah. So I started training yeah. a little bit, you know, and I, I'd go back to Lake Amistad and, you know, there was these cliffs where I'd go out and I, I'd swim, but I was like, I was like claustrophobic as fuck of the water. Like, believe it or not, I was scared of the water, you know, not swimming in a swimming pool. Perfect career choice. Oh my God. Like, you know, half the time I, you know, (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, (laughs) but I did meet a couple folks, you know, I used to go to church a lot back then. And there was a two senior airmen couple that we'd hang out with, you know, we'd go to the lake and stuff like that. And I told them, I'm like, Hey, uh, I'm thinking about where I am. I'm going into the air force as a combat controller and like in the most serious face, they turned to me and they're like, do your parents beat you? Which, (laughs) which they did, but that's besides the fact, you know, I was like, uh, why, you know? And it was like, well, tell them to start because like (laughs) these dudes get their asses handed to them. That was like, we had so little information about this. The day I was getting on the bus, going to the airport, airport leaving basic training my ti my instructor walks up who has been an asshole for six and a half weeks all the time and he, and he just goes if you make it through tack b training you can come back here and break me off and i was like whoa what the fuck am i getting into why is this guy all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. Yeah. zero information yeah. you know like that's the only thing I knew about it is like you 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 get to work with these special operations guys. Looking back on it, I think I like that better. Yeah. Like going in just completely blind and like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, we're doing that now. All right. Like it's way better than seeing all like cuz I I feel just like I'm sure you do and things like that all the questions of these young kids that are asking, "Hey, what could I do to prepare?" You know, they're watching every video possible oh, yeah. of this and it's like I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> For me, I'm glad I didn't know. Yeah. And it was just every day was a surprise. And it's like, oh, fuck, I'll quit tomorrow. Yeah. And yeah, take it one day at a time. <laughs> like, you know, somebody told me to take it one second at a time, one minute at a time, one hour at a time, one day at a time. You know, and that was really key to these jobs. It's like, because, I mean, you're working out, you're getting your ass handed to you on the daily, you know. And I think people have a skewed concept of like what it is to really work out all day. I mean, you get your breaks every now and then, but you know, when, when I was going through my body, my entire body would hurt. I mean, my hair hurt, you know, cause we just get our, and it's structured completely. But add in now. the unknowns. Oh yeah. Because you don't know when it's going to yep. end. The unknowns so the, the second worst. you guys pick up that log, yep. it's like, how long are we doing this? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but um, so they were hoping that your parents beat you more. Yes. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, so I was dating my high school sweetheart at the time when I, you know, when like I, you do. It, yeah. So, you know, and basically the entire me going into the air force, a lot of it was for college, you know, like every, every other kid does like, you know, you want to go. They say, we say that in the beginning. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing this so I can go to school. Yeah. College is the thing to do. You can't get a good job <laughs> without college. But, uh, but yeah, so I was dating my my high school girlfriend and uh, we went through a little bit of a breakup. And so I changed my contract to uh, an aircraft mechanic because that's what I did in high school. I did uh, uh, Del Rio High School. 
A and P. Yeah, they had uh, that program, and so I was like, "This is this is what I know. This is what I like. Um, if if she doesn't want me doing combat control, then I'm going to go ahead and do aircraft mechanic." So when I was in basic training, like uh, actually, I, I think I was on my way to basic training. She ended up sleeping with my brother, and you like know, it, like they do. No, like they do. It, like it they was do. classic, you know, and. But it was awesome. I didn't, you know, at the time I didn't give a shit, you know, because I was like, all right, I'm free. Like I can do whatever I want. And it, it, I didn't know that combat control at the time did recruiting and basic training. Yeah. So they came over and they gave us the PJ, CCT, TACP, EOD, and all the other ones. And SEER. Yeah. So when they came in, it was a couple of days after I found out, you know, and you're, like, you're ready. I was like, I'm you're hungry. I'm doing it. I'm like, sign me up, you know? So three guys from my flight signed up and we went and took the pass test, you know, like I, I pretty much didn't do anything in basic training, but do, you know, stuff, get ready for special or combat control. But so they, they brought everyone that was interested out to, uh, the chaparral, you know, you did the swim, you did the, the swim was first. I, I believe it was the swim first. So, you know, you, when the, when the cadre came out, I mean, then you're scared shitless in basic training. You know, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Everybody's just yelling much, much, much more so than in basic training. You know, I wasn't scared of the dudes in basic training. Like I wouldn't say they were Air Force guys. guys. Yeah. But when these dudes came out, I was scared shitless. Well, I remember my fr- my first day was just, ooh, these guys are big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Air Force basic training, I had tiny, lanky fucking Pat Clerks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, I was an admin guy. Oh, cool. Yeah. Man, my TI, like, he used to, the brim of his hat, as he's standing there, he'd be, like, right up on my my nose level. And he was, like, just like kept bumping me and bumping me, yelling at me. And I was just getting pissed. So I'm clenching my fist, you know, like ready to deck him. And he's like, punch him out. Oh my God. Like, and he asked me, he's like, you, you want to hit me? I was like, yeah, kind (laughs) of. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he backed off after that, you know, but I was like, all right, cool, whatever. But, but anyway, the, the, the cadre, man, and I don't know what it was comprised of. I think it was like all the career fields and, so this we, is so this is right after you graduate basic training. You go into orientation. No, no, no. Oh. This this is it while I'm in basic oh, training. Yeah. You know, so uh, they take us out to uh, the the chaparral, and they bring out this bucket of shorts that are missing drawstrings, and they're like triple X, and they've been stretched out. You know, and uh, so I'm sitting there scrambling to get some shorts. And I can't find any that fit me. And everybody else is already in the pool. So I'm like, cool, 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 just tossing them everywhere. And then finally yelling at me like, guys, get in the f- f- pool, you know, and all that stuff. So I finally just, I just grab a pair and I put it on and I tried tying a knot and it, it like, I could not keep them up. So I don't know how I managed my first two underwaters, but I did them, you know, and then come the uh, surface swim. Like, man, I struggled and this is in the 50 meter pool. So I struggled like that. The first, the first laugh, you know, (laughs) and, uh, like I just heard them yelling at me, you know, like you're going to fail. And I was like, screw it. I just let the shorts go and they were wrapped around one foot for a while. I tried to hold onto it with one foot and I swam the damn thing naked, 
you know. (laughs) You just said, fuck it, full send. I said, fuck it, man. (laughs) The thing is, is like I failed by a couple of seconds. You know, I failed. And I don't know who the instructor was, who the cadre was, but, you know, one of the guys like, you failed, get out of the pool. And I was like, shit. Like, I was just, you know, like pissed off, you know? And then I heard the other guy was like, hey, bro, like, I saw him struggling. Like, he was a couple of seconds off, but he swam it naked. (laughs) And they let me continue. You know, why wouldn't they? You can't do that. I mean, it's like, okay, you know what? Well, fuck it. Yeah. I was, we're going to tell that guy to run up that hill. He, he might be late, but fuck it. He'll come up with snacks. Yeah. <laughs> Man. But yeah, you know, my, uh, and then once I graduated basic, I started the pipeline. You know, uh, I went to NDOC, PJs and controllers going through together at the same time, you know, and, um, I still had no idea what the hell I was getting into. That's six weeks at the time, wasn't it? No, 10 weeks. 10 weeks. Yeah, nine, realistically, yeah. it's about nine. And then the final week is just all administ- administrative nice. stuff, you know. But um, so I failed my first class. Um, I mean, as you can imagine, I'm literally 128 pounds and I just didn't have the muscle for it, you know. Um, so then, so I started adding muscle during the process. And so I got set back my first team and then. Uh, like, man, the, the cadre would just smoke the shit out of me. And I ended up graduating my next class, you know? Um, and I mean, you know, everybody thinks they're out to weed you out, which they are in a sense, you know, but if they see potential, man, they're going to work with you, you know? And yeah, it's never, they're out to weed you out. It's always, no, once you're in, cause you've been in the position in the selection yeah. position. Now I've been in the selection position. I don't show up going, man, I want to get rid of eight people today. No, it's mm-hmm. just you start identifying the people that are going to be problems later on in, yeah. in, in the whole program. And you're like, if you're struggling now, you're, you're going to hate week three. Yeah. So it's just, it, it's kind of that mindset. So yeah. you rolled through your second in DACA. Yep. And, uh, I mean, it, it was the only graduate of that class. Um, oh, you, you were a graduate of one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tell um, this story real quick because you told this to me a while back ago and I completely forgot about it. <laughs> so uh, all our O's quit. Um, and I think it was after Christmas break. So our team leader was halfway through, which is, I mean, it was, they should have just planned the course where you don't have those two weeks off. Because I went home and I got fat and, you know, eat Mexican food. And I'm assuming everybody else did. Um, because when we came back, man, it was just insane. Like people were just quitting left and right, uh, before we even did anything physical. And then after we started the physical part of it, like I was sucking, you know, and, uh, all our officers quit. And like, I mean, some of these dudes are monsters, you know, cause they get chosen just for that, you know? And, um, we had a senior airman as a team leader and at the time, you know, senior airman, I'm a one striper, you know, or zero mm-hmm. striper at the time, E1. And, uh, like we were on our seventh week, the beginning of the seventh week, man. And he gets out of the pool and there's four of us in the pool, just looking at him like, what the fuck? Like he's quitting. Like everybody's looking at each other. Like, are you going to quit? If he quits, are you going to quit? You know? And everybody's like, ah, oh. I mean, it was, it was scary, man. You know? And, um, 
he ended up walking back into the pool and I was like, oh, thank God. You know, so we continue on. And so at the end of the week, we had all our evals and all those dudes failed one event, you know. So going into week eight or week eight or week nine, anyway, uh, they had to redo their evals. And I was, since I'd passed all my stuff, I had to basically be their buddy, like buddy breathing and all that stuff. I had to help them out a little bit. And I remember the cadre were like, ish, like you've already passed. Don't forget that shit. And I was like, you've already fucking passed, right? And I was like, okay. So I, you know, I kind of understood what they were kind of pimping me. I can come up anytime I wanted. I wasn't going to jeopardize anything. So, so anyway, I was trying to help them out. And um, some of the events, like I helped out, but some of the events, you know, they just couldn't hack it, man. And and I I was alone for that first week, man, or the the last two weeks, I was by myself. <laughs> so you remember the ins and outs? In, in pull-ups every time yeah. you go in in a building or out a building? Yeah. yeah. So the team leader always calls it out, and uh, then the other ones say, you know, ready or whatever. Team ready. Yeah. <laughs> so I was doing that, you know, just basically answering myself and team doing everything ready. on my own. And- <laughs> So, but I mean, yeah, for the, the cadre left then me alone. you're doing a one-person class. Yes, yes. <laughs> Are they just laughing at this point? Like, yeah, and they they actually <laughs> they actually decided to like, hey man, like, what can we really do with him? Like nothing, you know. So I kind of skated a little bit, you know. <laughs> um, but then the final the final week was it was just me by myself, just taking care of administrative stuff, you know, and. I ended up giving the team fund to the next team and so on and so forth. But yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty nerve wracking for, for the first, for those last two weeks. <laughs> Did man. they have a ceremony? Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a small ceremony, <laughs> but all those dudes ended up graduating the next class, oh, that's so, cool. which was, you know, yeah. pretty awesome. But it was still pretty damn scary, man. Oh, and this is just in doc. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you're headed to jump school, seer school, ATC. Yeah. Where do you go from here? So I went to Airborne School uh, shortly after that, and I linked up with a few guys that uh, were in the classes ahead of me. You know, uh, either they got set back or they were waiting because of injuries or whatnot. You know, so Airborne was it was pretty cool. I mean, you know, I I never done anything like that, so it was pretty badass. You're like, you oh know? shit, this is yeah wild. Jumping out of an airplane and like, I mean, I'm freaking out. I have no idea. I still don't know what the fuck I got myself into, you know. Um, and then uh, after we got back from that, we went to, it was Halo school shortly after, um, you know. And Oh, yeah. Back in this time frame, you guys did everything like back to back. Yes. Because this is like when Jeff Leahy was a, like, yeah, was around guys like that, that yeah. had all stacked. Like they yeah. would, they would come in with dive halo everything yeah. like yeah so backtracking i actually went to dive school right after that because that is our kind of like our pre-dive. so you went to jump yeah. school and then dive school no no, no. It, oh. it was it was dive school then jump school oh. then halo oh, wow. so it was just kind of back to back you know but uh i and ended you up got through dive okay uh no i ended up breaking my hand uh <laughs> We had bicycles. Um, yeah, back then you ran, rode around everywhere on Key West. I heard about that. Yeah, so I, you know, I'm 20 years old, so I'm not 21. You know, so uh, all the guys went out partying, and me and uh, one of the other controller candidates that I linked up with to go to uh, dive school with, we rode our bikes, you know, out to town, and then we come back later in the evening. Well, 
normally we don't ride helmets. Nobody ever uses a helmet. You don't have to. But this particular day, like we decided like, hey, man, like we should take our helmets. I'm like, all right, cool. Whatever. Let's do it. Um, so it was uh, right at dusk. We're coming back over the bridge and like we're hauling ass down this bridge and everybody thinks we were drunk at the time and we were not. I wish it, we were drunk because that would have made for a cooler story. But uh, Bobby Fernandez is right in front of me and he yells back. You know, he yells at me. He's like, curb. And I'm like, what? Boom, smack right into the curb. And I end up rolling my hand over the handlebar. And this is a pedal bicycle. Yeah, yeah. Over the handlebar. I break my hand. I crack my ribs. And I, my, I got a concussion out of it. So, you know, I hit rock. And my helmet was completely crushed in. And I just remember waking up and Bobby slapping me like, hey, wake up, wake up. And I finally realized what's going on. And here I am riding this banged up bike. I'm pretty banged up, you know, and my ribs are just killing me, man. And I know my hand's broken and I still have a week to go before I graduate Key West. And I'd already failed my first class for uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, the one man comp, which is they you're you're underwater with your tanks and then they take your air source and they tie it up in this huge knot. And the thing is, you have to identify it before you can start removing it. You know, if you do it prematurely, you get gigged and, you know, you're out. So anyway, um, I have a week left and I'm like, there's no way that I'm coming back here again because it is a kick in the balls. Dive school <laughs> is a kick in the balls. Especially in that time frame. Oh, my God. There yeah. were rules back then. Yeah. I mean, it was all straight up almost... I, probably say about a six and a half minute runs, you know? And, uh, I was like, I'm, I don't, I can't come like back. five days a week. Yeah. Five days a week. And like, then finning your ass off every day, you know, thousands of meters a day. Um, I was burning like 7,000 calories a day, you know? <laughs> so I went from, you know, leading the pack and running after that to where I couldn't breathe. I had to do pull-ups with two fingers because these fingers were not working. And it was just, it was fucking painful. And I remember one of the seals, uh, petty officer Pettit. He's like, you know, do you want to continue? I'm like, yes. I'm like, I, I am good to go. And so everyone else wanted to kick me out because, I mean, my face was all, it was messed up, you know, and I still have my dive cards with all the scabs and everything on my face. But it was mainly the lungs that were, my ribs were killing me. So anyway, he made the decision and he let me continue. He's like, let him, let him continue. If he can do it, he can do it, you know, and, uh, you know, I went the 10 miler, we run a 10 miler at the very end. And man, I was, I was hurting so bad. Like I was like, man, at this point, like it, it would, it wouldn't be so bad if I just passed out or, you know, something, but I went from leading the pack to, I was like way behind, but I ended up graduating, you know, and, uh, and that's how I kind of, I had surgery on my, on my wrist to repair the bones and stuff. And, um, I linked up with the guys for airborne, then halo afterwards, um, and then I think I went to, uh, ATC right after but that. That's about Black Sands. Yeah. So, uh, nothing, you know, I, it's a kick in the balls, you know, uh, ATC with, uh, I think it was Stanbro and Gleffy were my cadre at the time. The and, locker house. Yeah. <laughs> we won't talk about what went on in the locker house. <laughs> Oh, like I haven't heard enough stories of that place. We won't talk about the showers. <laughs> we won't talk about any of the parties. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, it was like a straight up frat house. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, yeah, that was I mean, that was awesome. It it was and then uh, you head to Fort Bragg for CCS. The hardest part yeah. of this whole endeavor yep. you have yet to even come to. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'll I'll tell you what, combat control school was it was like in doc all over again. Like, and I mean, but you know, a, a lot better prepared. And at that time, I think I'd gained like 10 pounds of muscle, which was like, oh, hell yeah. You yeah. know, um, I was a lot stronger. I was a lot faster. Um, but they hated our class. Like and there was a couple of characters that the Kyrie really didn't like, you know, you, you know how you build reputation <laughs> along the pipeline and, but they used the entire years, uh, Allocation of CS of CS gas. (laughs) Like I mean, it was gas, 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 left and right, and it was just we could not catch a break, man. It's just they hated our class. Um, But you know, we ended up surviving, and uh, I think we graduated seven or eight guys, something like that. And this was cool. Is the SecDef actually came out and he jumped with us on uh, on our final final jump FTX mission. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, that was pretty badass. I still have the pictures. <laughs> They're pretty legit. And then you get assigned to the 21st, huh? Yeah. So I get, uh, I just do a lateral shift, uh, August of 99, man. Uh, just went straight over to the 2 1 and like. Because there's no AST at that point? Uh, no, at the time it was IFAM, initial familiarization. And it was a brand new concept at the time. I think so, it was, uh, I was like the fourth or fifth class, something like that. Um, so yeah, they sent you out for a month and then you did the entire train up and then IFAM led into essentially did your five level skills. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, what is it? IFAM led into, uh, AST, then AST led into STTS, which, you know, it's pretty legit now. It's a pretty, yeah, pretty damn good. It has program. changed a lot. Oh yeah. Significantly. Uh, and then you land yourself at Fort Bragg, the 21st special tactics squadron. Yep. 21st STS. And, uh, um, so my first year, man, it was just all train up and, um, I did a lot of air traffic control, our core, you know, our bread and butter basically. And Surveyed. yeah, survey. Um, so I would deliberately, you know, I, I, I got, uh, good with all the, the guys leading all these different programs and, you know, I wanted to become a pretty well-rounded controller. Um, plus I like going TDY, extra money, you know, all that shit. Really it was more of the TDYs, but, uh. Um, I started getting in with those guys, started deploying, started uh, getting my skill setups, air traffic control. And um, one of the guys running the JTAC program came out and he said, hey, man, you sound really good on the mic. Would you like to try this JTAC thing out? And at the time, I think it was like 8 to 10% of the force had to be... It was pre-2001, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. this is like, this is when it wasn't a requirement or no. or a, this is your job. It's, yeah. hey... W- what do you think about this? Yeah. And I think it was mainly the the JSOC guys that had, you know, the the JTAC requirement at the time. I think they were required to, but the rest of the SCSs really didn't have to do uh it wasn't it wasn't mandated, you know, it wasn't a requirement. Uh-huh. And, uh, so I got asked if I can if I wanted to do it and I was like, "Oh, hell yeah." You know, and I, I had no concept, you know, of what it okay, so we're talking aircraft and dropping bombs. Like, "All right." Let's, let's do this. Sounds fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, completely different. I'm, uh, I think they started changing it 
after you came in, but we used to do nothing but OP cast, you know, IP run-ins yeah. and OP cast. No, when I first came in, I mean, everything was high threat environment. Yeah. Everything was IP. Everything was, yeah. you know, threat-based. Yeah. So, I mean, we just sit on a mountain and this is all we would do, you know, and uh, I actually failed my first EVA. It took me like a, a little over a year, starting in 2000, uh, late 2000, uh, I'm sorry, late 99 into 2000s. And then I got qualified, you know, uh, the beginning, about the beginning of 2001. And, uh, but it was all OP cast, completely different, you know. Um, so I failed my first eval because I didn't abort the aircraft because I was waiting for that thing to line up. You know, it, it's a lot of times, or behind us. A lot of times, you know, you could barely tell the angle of attack. And I'd heard the cadre constantly talking about that, you know, and so I waited and I waited and waited and I was like, man, it's so hard to tell, you know, and I, I wanted to abort him, but I didn't. I never cleared him hot or cleared him dry at the time. I never mm -hmm. cleared him dry, but I also didn't abort. So I failed because I didn't abort. And then it took me a couple more months to get a reeval and I finally passed it, you know, and I was actually on my way to Northern Watch, or I was slotted to go up to Northern Watch for a little while. And I got pulled off of that. Then I had a slot for Ranger School, uh, September 12th, 2001. And, <laughs> you know, oh, I'm sorry, September 21st, 2001. Obviously, that never happened. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, in country in Pakistan or uh, Oman, then leading into Pakistan like 10 days after 9 11. So Ranger School did not happen at the time. So, <laughs> but yeah, and started jobbing it ever since, man. And you just were deployed continuously. Yeah. With yeah. the 21st for how long? Oh, man. I did uh, the, the initial invasion. Uh, I came back uh, and then I did a second rotation in 2002. Um, and then everything else in between was just doing train-ups, you know, yeah. meeting all our core skills and then all the commander's uh, metal requirements and everything else. And uh, so then we lead into Iraq in 2003, you know, and so I was uh, out in Jordan preparing to go in and all that. And unfortunately, I didn't get to go in with the ODAs because I was pulled off to do QRF with the uh, Canadian soft forces. Yeah. Um, so I did that. Um, and then I ended up going into Baghdad, um, running the tower there for a little while. And then, um, initially, like yeah. right when everybody came in, mm -hmm. that's so, cool. Or shortly after, yeah. not, yeah, not right off the kickoff, but like, uh, I want to say like a week or two after, you know, so I ran the tower, uh, for a while. Yeah, but that's like real job now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we came in, overthrown a major city in another country, and now you're running the, the tower for Baghdad International. Yep. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it feels like you're on top of the world, man, honestly, you know. But at the time, you know, it, it doesn't feel like anything special because this is what we do. This is our yeah. job, you know, and it actually takes uh, pulling back to actually realize, like, hey, man, that was some awesome shit, you know. But the thing is, is I look at everybody else, what they're doing. And in my mind, I'm like, I want to do that. And I think it works both ways. Like everybody in the community, you know, they're looking at everybody else's mission set. And they're like, I want to do what he's doing. That guy's looking at you. He's like, I want to do what he's doing, you know. <laughs> but. So when did, it, when, when did you get into this big engagement? The first big one. Well, man, uh, 
I'd gone to England at the time and, you know, I'd uh, been deployed forever. And then uh, I came back from England and um, Calvin Markham, he was like, hey, man, I need you to run the fire shop. The guys were getting ready to deploy. And I was like, come on, man. Like, I live for deployments. You know, that was everybody's addicted to them. At this point, you had like four or five under your belt. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's like, I just wanted to stay gone. Yeah. You know, I, it, it, maybe find a bride out there, you know, an Afghan chick. You never know. You, know, you never know. know. Go native. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I ended up taking over the fire shop for two years. And so. What unit was it? It was at the back to the 21st. 21st. Yeah. yeah. So it was like a hidden gem, man. Like it, like it. The, the two I know a lot of guys that worked there. Like there, there was a lot of cool names that came out of there. Yeah. But the two one was the hidden gem, you know, uh, nobody wanted to go there cause it was no hope, hope, you yeah. know, but to me, man, you had the mountains on one side, you had the beach on the other, you had Raleigh to the top and then you had, uh, Florida to the bottom. Yeah. Like it was, <laughs> it was like, man, you had every avenue of vacation, you know, but I don't think the young guys looked at it that way, you know? Um, so I came back to the two one, took over the fire shop for a couple of years. And basically that's all I did. I did a job in South America for a little bit. And, uh, I actually, I was supposed to do it for about a year. That was our agreement with the chief at the time. And he's like, I need you to do it for a little bit longer. And I'm like, all right, but I get the choice of where I go, you know, for this next deployment. So I did it. And I was like, I want to go to the hottest place. I'm like, I've been missing out for two years. I'm like, I need to go to the hottest place. So, <laughs> and I'd been training with uh, Bill Re- Bill Ravello at the time. You know, he was a, a, a army JTAC. You know, mm-hmm. and I I certified him. I trained him, and you know, he ended up running his courses and everything. So he was working down at the Siege of Soda at the time, and he I, I told him I was coming, and he actually I'm like, bro, send me to the hottest place. I'm like, I need you to advocate for me, and he did. You know, and everybody came to the conclusion that I'm going to Firebase Cobra. So people who don't know Firebase Cobra, it is at the time, it was, you know, one of the most dangerous places in the world, you know, along with Anaconda and some of the other locations up in uh, Northern Helmand. Uh, Actually, they were in Aruzgan province, north of the Helmand province, you know. And uh, so before I even deployed, a month Prior to my original deployment day, I get a call. I get recalled and they're like, hey, pack your shit, get ready to go. I'm like, my shit's ready to go. And uh, Zach Reiner had been blown <laughs> up. Oh, shit. So uh, Captain Tinsley was killed and Reiner got ejected. And I think that was his second Purple Heart, you know, something like that. He got shot in second Purple Heart. He, uh, I think he had the cross already at the time, Air Force Cross. And uh, so I'm ready to go. Well, his injuries turned out to be less severe than what they thought. So they're down for a month and um, I rip out with him and I'm like, hey, bro, like, give me your hard drive. Get out of here, bro. You know, he's ready to go, you know. And so we do the exchange and my first couple of missions are just familiarization missions. Nothing exciting. We're just going to each left other. Seat, right seat. Yeah, left seat, right yeah. seat. And I'm like, all right, cool. Just getting the lay of the land, you know. Um seeing where that line in the sand is drawn, where this is our white space and this is theirs, you know? And uh, so we go up to the checkpoint where Tinsley uh, was killed. You know, his truck is still sitting up on the hill. And uh, me and the cap, or me and the team sergeant, uh, we're talking and we're trying to devise a plan to get rid of that, you know, get rid of the truck. 
we need to get rid of the truck because it's a trophy for those dudes, right? And uh, so the captain that was on the team, man, I, I wish I could remember his name. But he was That's the, even better. Bro. <laughs> was it Schaefer? <laughs> I want to say it was Schaefer. I wish I could remember his name. <laughs> bro, he was the biggest, like, chicken shit captain I'd ever, you know, and I, I'm, like, talking to the team, so I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know, where did this dude come from, you know, and- uh, my team sergeant, uh, Bill Berkey, he he passed of a heart attack uh, earlier oh, this year. But uh, he was like, man, you know, and he had a real deep voice. He's like, that's what they gave us, man. You know, and I was like, shit. I'm like, he's like, come to me. If you need to drop ordinance, do not go to the captain. He's like, you come to me. And I was like, all right, sounds good. <laughs> you know, which is, you know, it's pretty badass, you know. And so anyway, we came up with a plan. To they wouldn't let us bomb it. They wouldn't just you know at the time you had to be in a tick in order to ah, fuck it. Just it was the ROEs, it. man. The ROEs were getting pretty stringent at the time, you know. And uh, what year was this? Uh, this was in two thousand nine. Okay, yeah. uh, I got there August. Was it August? August of two thousand nine. And so we sat around for a month trying to figure out how the hell to get rid of this truck. You know, the, the gun truck that was up there, and. Finally, we came up with this mission. It's like, hey, let's just go. Let's get in a gunfight and let's try to take it out. And this is their first mission out of the wire since Tinsley has been killed, right? And so we get we get to the checkpoint. We're checking out the site and um, it looks okay. You know, there's not a whole lot going on. But as soon as we cross the river to head up towards the truck, there's a small village on the west side and then the hills on the east side. So half the team is clearing the village. And so I'm on the truck with the captain. Bill is with the element. He's leading the guys clearing the village, you know, because we don't want anybody coming in behind us. Mm -hmm. And so we start finding IEDs. We find one, we find two, we find three, we find four. It's like, holy shit. And one of the locals came out and said, hey, you guys don't want to go out there. You know, it's like the, the place is mined. It's a minefield up there. Um, because they knew at some point we were going to come You're going to try and get it. Yeah. So we're like, all right, cool. Thank you for your help. And, you know, obviously we took it seriously, you know, and so we are bogged down now. So we have the column of vehicles winding down towards the village. So me, uh, the dog handler, the dog, the Charlie and an interpreter, we decide to go off on foot. You know, we're making deliberate movements and, you know, we're marking IED, marking IED. We're like up to 12 IEDs, right? Like it was insane. And (laughs) random locations too, because they knew our tactics, man. Like they're like, okay, as soon as these guys, they're going to fan out. And so they just put them all over the place around the truck and everything. And uh, so the captain being scared shitless as he was, like, I love this. Bro, he actually saved our lives. Oh, there you go. His his cowardness actually saved our lives, man. Uh, because he called me up and he's like, hey, man, where are you? So I stop, you know, and they're like, what's up, man? They're like, ah, the fucking captain, bro. Like, he's scared shitless. He wants me back with him. You know, and they're like, what are you going to do? 
well, you know, I got I hopped on the mic and I was like, hey, sir. I'm like, something happens, man. I can do my job from anywhere. I'm like, I got, I got better viz in this position anyway, you know, and if something happens, I'll just come running right back, you know, and he's like, all right, cool. Just stay on the mic. And as soon as we turned around, man, like 15 to 20 feet in front of us, this massive, like giant IED remote controlled goes off in front of us. Right. And the first thing, like, I thought I was dead. Like I, you know, you know how you get that feeling where it's like you want to puke and it's like your whole body just tingles. And it's like, um, it, for me anyway, you know, it tingled and I felt like I was going to puke and like, it was just surreal. Like I lost complete, it was, I was disoriented. I didn't know just where I was. Concussion, laid Concussion. You yeah. And it was just, but I was, I'm still standing at oh, this no time. Shit. Yeah. And like I legitimately thought I was dead, you know, so I'm just like sitting there and it's like time slowed down. Um, like literally time slowed down. I'm just spinning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I like I've never for a long time, I never said shit about this because I'm like, man, people are going to think I'm fucking crazy, you know. And, and uh, I was at a, a buddy's ranch and one of the guys started talking about it, how, you know, he, he's like he he. uh correlated with the matrix and i was like i'm all ears at this point you know and i'm listening to him and i'm like holy shit bro i'm like the same thing happened to me man i was like i thought i was the only one you know and uh so uh the ied goes off and i'm i thought i was dead i thought everybody was dead and so i'm just standing there in shock you know and everything is slow motion and i'm i like i look i was looking at the ied when it blown blew up and i'm watching the fire billow out of the ground it was like you know just a bright flash and then it looked like fire and then black soot coming up and it just kept growing and growing and next thing i know i'm it's dark because of all the dust and everything that's going around and i keep hearing these wisps and pops going around me and you know initially i thought that you know it was the shit falling back down to earth and you know i finally started getting my senses a little bit and uh my first thought was like my dick's gone you know after i'm like all right i'm alive so i grab my junk and i'm like oh thank god it's still there you know and so the next thing is like oh shit the guys that i'm with so i look to my left and there's nobody there you know and i look to my right and they're all hunkered down and they're already firing back you know and it's this tiny little piece of cover and the dudes are like firing over their head. And all I see is like rounds like popping up all around him. And but at the time, like I'm still not registering, right? Like I know what's going on, but my body is not moving. Um, so then I finally go back to myself and I realize what all those popping noises are. And it's like all the rounds going up over my head, you know, and landing <laughs> all around me. And so I look over to the east and I see like, you know, you ever play that game whack-a-mole where the moles are coming yeah. up and going back down? And that's all I could envision in my head at the time. And I mean, it was these dudes with machine guns from the hip, about 12, 13 of them, right? They're, they're like up shooting, up shooting, and they're shooting at both the guys that are hiding out and they're shooting at me. So then I kind of start coming back too, right? And I'm like, I'm going to get fucking shot at some point if I don't do something right so I like 
And in my mind, I already had a picture of the terrain. And wouldn't you know it, like straight towards them was the other berm. Because I couldn't go to the other guys' berm because they were already like, there's no way. It was spent. It was spent. I, you know, there's no fucking way. So I decided to push forward towards them, you know, and like, I swear I was floating. Like I could not feel my feet. I could not, you know, and I'm just, I feel like I'm flying as I'm running. And this is all slow motion, complete slow motion at the time. And so I decide to, I'm like, you know, and I'm seeing every single round coming at me like the, like the fucking matrix. (laughs) I mean, it's all my adrenaline going, right? Um, So I see every round coming at me and there's like a wall, like a literal wall of rounds. I can see the whole full metal jacket. Like it, it's surreal, you know? So I decided to just, I'm like, I'm going to get hit. So I'm like running with my gun and I was like, Ooh, I slung it off to the side and I'm like, I just dove, you know, and I hit the berm. I, and I don't know how fast I was running, man. And that's how I ended up breaking both my arms, you know. <laughs> but when I hit so hard, man, my right arm, my right elbow, it just burned instantly. And I knew I fucked it up, you know. And then my left one just hurt, you know, not too bad. Um, but uh, but anyway. Um, when I hit the ground though, I ended up switching off or switching frequencies on my, my, uh, embitter. And I'm sitting there like yelling back at everyone, like, Hey bro, like we're pinned down. Like we, you know, we need backup and nobody's got me. I'm like, what the fuck? You know? So I'm like, you know, I position and I'm taking deliberate pop shots and the guys over to the left, was like, we're running out of ammo. And I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, as soon as I see those dudes pop up shooting at us, it's like whack-a-mole. I shoot a couple of them. I'm shifting fire left and right, trying to keep them down. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with my radios? So I finally realized, like, I looked down. And it just had gone to channel two. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I turned it. I'm like, I'm like, hey, man, we're pinned down. You know, I'm like, we need help. Unbeknownst to me, uh, everyone from, and this is probably about 20 minutes into it, you know. Um, well, let me backtrack a little bit, right? <laughs> when I hit the ground... Like I literally rewound back to the beginning, like no shit. Like somebody pressed rewind on the VHS tape. Uh, And then I did everything real time and I ran forward and I slammed and then everything continued from when I slammed, you know, and then I started firing back, you know? Um, But anyway, I finally figured out the, the radio situation and I'm calling the truck back and I'm like, we need help, you know? And I'm like, these guys are out of ammo. I'm down to my last mag at that time, seven magazines, and I'm Jesus. down to my last mag. <laughs> and this is conserving rounds, you know? And uh, so anyway, uh, my buddy on the ATV, he, I see him hauling ass. He's like, you know, on the ATV with the 240 on it. And I'm trying to guide him in the direction that I ran. I'm like, this way. And I don't know if he if he's getting it or not, you know? But he comes up to me. And he almost ran over me because he was going so fast. So he hit the brakes, brakes lock up, and he gets up like it's like a fluid motion. He jumps out and he's like, where are they, Ish? And I'm like, right there. So then he starts, you know, laying down suppressive fire and we start to gain fire superiority. So then I start calling in the 105s from Cobra. And uh, so the first, and they're all wrapped around. two broken arms. And you're now 
rolling in with a fucking call for fire on one of us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all adrenaline, you know, like at this point, like the elbows, they don't matter. You know, <laughs> The elbows don't matter. Yeah, they don't matter. Man. <laughs> you know, and it, it like it, you literally kick back. Into Did training you just mode. wag a four line as fast as you fucking yeah, could? Yeah, <laughs> it was straight off the map. Boom, like boom, you know. And uh, it's a wrap round because we're you know we're pushing the boundary of those guns, yeah. and the first one lands right in between us. A, a wrap too- round for those of you that don't know, rocket assisted. Yes. <laughs> so and it was uh, I forget what they were the guys out of Hawaii. I don't yeah. I don't remember twenty fifth idea. Yes. So I mean we trained. Uh, I mean, we put them drill after drill after drill, knowing that we're we're going to use them, you know, and how fast they can get uh, rounds out. And I want to say it was like two and a half minutes, really? which is fucking for fast. Artillery? Absolutely. Yes, for yeah, artillery. Absolutely. These guys, I mean, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, the captain for the other team. So we had two teams where I was at. Like, he pushed them and pushed them and pushed them, man. And he got them to the point where they could get rounds out extremely fast you know so you know rounds start landing and at this point they're a little too close for comfort close to us because obviously i just 600 meters is uh you know safe distance from artillery yeah this was about 200 meters (laughs) that good luck (laughs) yeah So, uh, so anyway i started walking them out you know and i actually walked them out about 100 meters a little too far then i came back and i was like fire for effect and you know, I did my shake and bake. Yeah. Uh, let's not go into shake and bake, what that means. But, <laughs> you know, did a little shake and bake, and it was loud at the time. Not anymore. But anyway, I just <laughs> laid down suppressive, you know, artillery. And then, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, the Netherlands. So they sent their Apache. The Dutch. The Dutch. Yeah. The Dutch. The Dutch. The Dutch. They sent in their Apaches. And so before I get into it, the guy that was flying for us that day, he actually got presented their equivalent to the Medal of Honor and he got a knighthood with it. Jesus. Yeah, I'm good friends with a knight. I don't know if you know this. But, uh, and, and we, well, we, a coalition tech ROE is a lot looser ROE than the American ROE. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very much so. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, so, yeah, he invited us out to, uh, the Netherlands and, you know, we got to meet the prime minister and we didn't get to go to the knighthood ceremony, but. Uh, add to this. Yeah. I mean, so we went to the Netherlands, met their president. <laughs> okay. So no the big Apache deal. show no big up. Deal. So yeah, so the Apache show up, man, and you know, we're there there's tons of guys in the trench lines. Um they had a system of trenches and you know I finally I'm getting a little bit more essay and I see all the kids on the other side of the village like lined up, perched up on the little walls, just watching all the action and the fireworks, you know. And so the, uh, the Dutch come in and we start laying fire in the trenches. And, uh, what they were doing is they were putting their guns down whenever the aircraft would fly overhead. And I'm like, Hey man, if you see any guns, I'm like, you let me know. I mean, always, you can't fire on these dudes unless they have their guns at me. I'm like, he's like, yeah, I see the guns. And then, so I'm like, all right, number two, I'm like, get ready. As soon as, as soon as the lead gets out of there, like I had the other dude offset 
And as soon as he would come in, he'd, he's like, he just picked it up. I'm like, you're clear hot. So, you know, coming in, engaging the trench line, killing dudes left and right. And so he notices that they're all running. 30 into, and rockets? What'd they have? Ah, crap. I can't remember. It was uh, mainly guns. Yeah. Uh, 30 or 50? I can't even remember. 30 on the, 30s, uh, yeah. on the Apache. Yeah. So anyway, we're doing nothing but gun runs and a couple of rockets in there. And so he sees about 20-something dudes run into this cave. So there's a, there's a huge, uh, like a washed out embankment and there's a cave in there. So now I got the fighters overhead. Um, I want to say they were F-18s. Yeah. So I have, (laughs) I have the Apaches come in and they're laying down guns and they're marking it with rockets. They're rocking 12s and 38s. Yeah. And so I come in and uh, they both do a run in and they they drop a couple of GBUs um, and the cave is still up, you know, partially collapsed. And then I have them come in, do a reattack and drop two more. And at this point, like right into the mouth of the cave, man. And all you hear is the chatter like they're all dead, like, holy shit, they're all dead. You know, they were they were where the bombs hit, you know. And so we we estimated about. 32 KIA in that, in that particular uh, area. So, so now we have, you know, we've already gone past the line in the sand, you know, and this is like, you know, go, we, we started the gunfight around, uh, I want to say it was afternoon, one o'clock, maybe, you know, something like that. And this is going into dark period of darkness. So we continue to fight it out. There's, we're still duking it out with them. And we come into the bizarre village area. And this is after we've collapsed uh, the cave and all that stuff, and the fighting has gone down pretty significantly. You're just creeping forward. With yeah, the, we're creeping which, forward slowly. You're neither one of your arms work. Well, they're still working at the time. You know, <laughs> just <laughs> on sheer adrenaline, <laughs> like it, it. So, but I could feel them hurting. You know. <laughs> So we go in and we're clearing the village and, you know, the, the Afghans are fighting it out and we're clear, we're, we're doing a deliberate clear of the bazaar. And one of the Afghans comes and grabs my shoulder and it, you know, it's nighttime and he's pointing at the door that he just kicked in, you know? And so I go over there, MBGs and I'm like, all right, what's up? So I look inside the room and the entire room is lined with mortars 107 rockets, like, I mean, from... Katushas? Yeah, it, the entire <laughs> room. And there's wires all over the damn place. There's wires right next to the door. And I'm like, everybody back the fuck out. You know, so the damn thing was booby-trapped for us. And luckily, it didn't go off when the guy kicked it off. Because had it gone off, we'd have all... I mean, we were we were in the kill zone, you know. Um <laughs> So uh, we back everybody up onto the hill, you know, and this is already starting to come into to dusk, you know, and uh, or BMNT, beginning morning nautical twilight. Uh, and, you know, I still have aircraft overhead. And but by this time, the fire, uh, it's gone down. Um, we're really not engaging. We destroyed everything in the bazaar. Um, th- I put in a couple of 500 pounders and it just destroyed everything in the bazaar. So we were out of ammo, we were out of food, we were out of water, and we decided to go ahead and bring it on back. 
you know, but 17 hours later was the timeline for getting us back home. But I mean, no sleep, tired of shit. And, um, so you're coming back the next morning. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so you didn't make it to the truck. No, no. Um, but, uh, anyway, so the, the way I was awarded or was even remotely considered for the remote when, uh, I, I did my ninth month deployment. That was my first month in country. Right. So I did nine months at Cobra on my way back. Uh, the, our Colonel, uh, the STS stock there, he, when I got back, he calls me up and he's like, Hey, uh, I need you to run me through this entire scenario of what happened that day, you know, and th- this is nine months later. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm fucked. I'm like, yeah, you think you're in trouble. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you know, and I'm replaying it in my head and I'm like, I did everything right. I didn't kill anybody I wasn't supposed to. I'm like, I did everything right. Like, you know, so I'm replaying it, replaying it. I'm like, yeah, you know, but you still have that, you know, second guess yourself. And so I run him through in my own words, what had happened. And he has my AAR right there, you know? And, uh, at the end of it, he's he's like, all right, thank you. And I was like, you know, it's not telling me what the hell I'm there for. And I'm like, bro, I'm like, and can you give me something? <laughs> I'm like, w- what is the purpose of this? Like, am, am I in trouble? And he's like, uh, no. He's like, uh, I think I'm going to put you in for a star. I'm like, why? You know, and he's like, well, you ran through a minefield and all this stuff, right? And I'm like, yeah. You know, and, I, and you broke both your arms and, and still yeah. maintained a 16 and a half hour firefight. Well, they didn't know, you know, <laughs> I didn't tell anybody, man. I told my medic, you know, my medic, he's uh he was a sports medicine guy. So we wrapped everything up the entire time, you know, cause I, I, there, there was no way I was going home. You know, I've been out of the fight for two years. Like I am not going home. Um, but, but yeah, I'm like, what is why am I getting questioned? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to put you in for this. And I'm like, you know, not thinking I'd ever get anything anyway. I'm like, it's going to get downgraded. We're Air Force. You know, it'll get <laughs> I'm downgraded. an enlisted guy. Yeah. I was like, you know what, sir? I'm like, thank you, you know, for the consideration. I really appreciate it. You know, and in my mind, I'm like, I'm not going to jail. Yes. You know, <laughs> like, fuck. But... But yeah, I and mean, then when do you get that call that it was approved? Who called? Man, it was uh, it was like a year later, um, and I can't remember. Uh, I want to say it was uh, Chief Norad was the one that was really uh, involved with it. You know, he was uh, I forget what his position was down at uh, at AFSOC, but he was really involved with it, really advocating for for us. You know, and he kept me in the loop uh, all the. And I'd completely forgotten about it, you know, and they're like, yeah, it's going to get approved. It's going to get approved. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, like, yeah, 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 it's nice in theory, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, I got that call that one day and say, like, hey, it's been approved, man. And I was like, holy shit, are you what? serious? Like what? what? <laughs> you know, and uh, it's just really surreal, man. You know, um, it, it was it was great to have been considered for it, man. You know, there's. Like I have seen, that's good leadership, though. It is. It is, is, man. That is somebody going, "Hey, yep, this situation could have gone fucking nine ways from sideways, and yeah. 
this is one of the pillars that kept it together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to mention his name, but uh, he was a commander uh, at the time and uh, the, what is it, ESTS West or whatever it's called. Uh, but yeah, man, it was really good leadership. Nine months later, like he took it upon himself to read everyone's after action reports. That's and, leadership, man. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's good shit. We give officers a lot of shit, but fuck, yeah. there's some good ones out there. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just one of two, though. We're yeah. going to have you back <laughs> for the second one. <laughs> I hope you had a good time because that, yeah, that was a great, that was a great yeah. story. Oh, thanks, brother. Yeah, was, thank you for having me. Uh, it was and awesome. And now you're, you know, you're helping train candidates in all of the Air Force Special Warfare career yep. fields. You Are you on the rehabilitation team or... No, uh, training and mentoring, okay. uh, like uh, the rehabilitative team and uh, the guys that have not attended the preparatory course yet. Okay. So we kind of take care of all of them. And then uh, the guys who have already gone to pre-dive and uh, the uh, ANS. Still uh, out there building the still future. Building them. And, you know, <laughs> it, a, a lot of it is just uh, mentorship, like getting yeah. these guys ready, man. Um, you know, like you and I, we had no clue what we were getting into. We wouldn't even speak to anybody if we did. Oh, and yeah. I remember, like, I wouldn't talk to anybody over E6. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the, yeah. they had a beret or anything. I'd be like, eh, I'm good. Yeah. And now I'm Mr. Ish. You yeah. know, like, I am not anywhere near involved. So if in anybody's chain. interested in any of these career fields and they want to ask you questions, where can they find you on Instagram? Instagram, it's, uh, what the hell is it? Uh, Ish Viegas. No. I don't even know my own Instagram account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll put it on the screen. Okay. We'll just put it up. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, we got that covered. Because yeah, I- <laughs> it is. It's something silly. It's like IVS, something. I don't even know. And we'll continue to make our funny videos making fun of all these career fields because they all deserve it. Oh, yeah. Every one of us. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah. Let's have some more beers and we'll have you back again and we'll do number two. Thanks, man. 